Welcome back to the most chill podcast of the week. That is the Friday edition of Speak Now Pro Wrestling with your girl Denise Salcedo here on YouTube or Apple or Spotify, wherever you are listening or watching. And this is one of the, uh, it's been actually a couple of weeks since I've covered uh, either SmackDown or Rampage here on my channel because I had a birthday celebration, then I was in Las Vegas and things just got in the way. So Fridays are sometimes a little bit more complicated for me and but I'm back and I'm here so I was thinking about I was like when's the last time I was talking about Smackdown here on the channel specifically uh and the last time was right before I think right before Backlash was I think the last time that I was here talking about Smackdown I've been talking about Smackdown and Busted Open uh every Saturday and I'm actually uh today's episode probably won't be so long because I wake up at about 4 30 a.m guys uh to go to to go for Busted Open uh, I wake up at 4.30 to, to eat breakfast, to to get ready. And then by like 5.30, I'm sitting in my chair ready to go. And by 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I'm going on the air. So I do wake up a lot earlier earlier on Saturdays than I do any other day of the week. But we are going to go ahead and get into the major talking points in regards to both SmackDown and Rampage today because they were pretty, pretty good shows. And we're going to start off with SmackDown. But before we get to SmackDown, I want to say something really quickly about Rampage and then we'll talk about Rampage towards the end. But Today was one of those days where, so normally what I've been doing recently, because Rampage hasn't necessarily been uh, a must-see show. It truly has not felt like a must-see show in a while. And what I've been doing now is watching Rampage while I get ready for Busted Open in the morning. So I'm talking like 4.30 in the morning. I got, I'm like brushing my teeth watching Rampage and like fast forwarding all the commercials and stuff. And so this was the first time where I felt like, okay, I need to make sure to watch Rampage, uh, you know, live on the broadcast. Well, not live because, you know, it's taped, but you know, live on the broadcast when it's airing for everybody else and to actually make sure to, you know, cover it here on the podcast. And the reason for that is they put on today a really good uh, couple of matches. And we'll talk about that when we get to it. But the show that I want to get things started with today is, of course, SmackDown, because we had a pretty exciting celebration that turned into a swerve with another swerve with another swerve on. Well, it was only two swerves, but I was on a roll here. Uh, so we're going to get started with SmackDown. But before we do, just a heads up to everybody. If you want to get your question, your comment, your statement, your cold take, your hot take read here on the stream or just support this podcast in general, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat at any point, And those will be read here on the show. We got our first super chat here from Bialani. Bialani, thank you so much for the super chat. Uh, Bialani says... So is the WWE World Championship gone for good or is it just a temporary pause? So we are going to be talking about uh, Roman Reigns and this is going to be the first thing we get into. But during the celebration, we uh, basically got a brand new championship belt and it is essentially the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. So from the looks of it, Roman's not going to be walking around with the two belts anymore, but instead he's going to be walking around with the one belt. So from my understanding of, and this is the belt here on the screen, 
from my understanding of this is that it's pretty much just, uh, I guess you can say merged together, uh, since it's going to be all in one bout. And the way that they introduced it was as the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. So I take it as it is uh, now just the one bout with the lineage there. So um, that's the bout. We'll talk more about that in just a second, because there's still so much more to get into in regards to that. Uh, Reggie Simmons sends in a very generous super chat saying, best post game in the biz let's f and go thank you so much reggie simmons for all the love man uh wishing you some good karma uh for sending in that very generous super chat okay so let's get started with the um let's get started with the roman Reigns celebration because that is the creme de la creme of what we're going to talk about here today and so here we go this is what happened this whole segment with Roman Reigns and the Bloodline had a little bit of everything. We got the announcement of a brand new championship belt. And, well, I should rephrase that. <laughs> we got a new belt uh, that you that put together the, you know, both belts that Roman Reigns had, but merged into one. So we had two lanes that merged into one, okay? As a Californian, that is the best way to describe this. And so we got that, a new championship belt. And we also got a, uh, what was supposed to be a celebration for Roman Reigns, did not feel like a celebration at first. And then we ended up getting a pretty damn good little swerve during this. And I'll break that down in a second. And then afterwards, it felt like, okay, Roman Reigns is kind of on top once again. We got a super chat here from Jose, uh, Jose Palomares sending in a super sticker. Jose, thank you so much uh, for the super stick. Super, super stick. Oh my God, super sticker. And it was also really good to meet you at the... Um, New Japan show about like two weeks ago or something. Uh, so thank you so much to Jose. And also happy birthday to Chris LeClaire, who's on here today. Chris, happy birthday. Thank you so much for hopping onto the stream. So Roman Reigns. <sighs> Longest reign in about 35 years. He's going to take his place as the fourth. Uh, he's going to be in fourth place in, the, in his spot. He has surpassed over 1,000 days. Today was the... Today was the celebration. And one of the things that I wanted to highlight, and we'll talk about this afterwards, because I do want to take some time to actually talk about the history of his reign and things that he has done. But let's talk about what actually went down here tonight first. So throughout the night, we were basically, you know, told like, hey, the Usos, the travel, their travel has been canceled. This is what Adam Pierce told to Paul Heyman. Their travel has been canceled. Uh, we have doubled security. Uh, Roman Reigns did not want the Usos there. Paul Heyman did not want the Usos there. They were not supposed to be there. Well, Triple H comes out and he is the one to introduce Roman Reigns. He goes out there and he's pretty much putting over and talking the greatness of Roman Reigns and basically says that Roman Reigns is a man that our children and our grandchildren will will that we're going to be talking about Roman Reigns to our children and to our grandchildren. Um, and so then Roman Reigns gets out there, Triple H presents him with this new bow, and let's take a look at it one more time. So it is now a black strap. Um, very, very, uh, the black strap makes the gold pop out a whole lot. And the inside, the WWE logo, the inside is different. So before we used to have like kind of like these uh, diamond-like uh, 
de design in the actual W's. And this time it looks more like, um, you can't really tell from this picture because of the reflection, it wasn't that great. But there's a picture that I saw that was a lot better that basically it's like black little squares. And so the design on the inside of the W's is a little bit different. So I do, I, I mean, I'm not, I know there was a couple of people kind of trashing the bow and saying that it looked ugly and this and that. And I feel like that kind of always happens or it feels like it's been happening recently a whole lot. Whenever there's a new bow introduced, people are like, it's ugly. And I don't know, sometimes I don't know if something is ugly or we're just not used to it. Uh, and like, I look at this and is it like instantly beautiful? No, maybe not. Like I didn't look at it and think, oh my God, it's so instantly beautiful. But I didn't think it was like ugly by any means either. But I do personally prefer the W's the way that they were before uh, versus this design. So the W's are a little bit not too great, but I'm cool with the strap. I thought the strap was really that I'm cool with the color of the strap. I thought it makes it makes the gold pop out just a lot more. So Roman Reigns' celebration gets crashed by the Usos after he's presented with his new championship. And Roman gets into the face of Jimmy and Jay, and he tells Jay Uso, kick your brother in the face. Kick him in the face and fix this right now, because the last thing that we saw at Night of Champions was Jay Uso super kicking Roman Reigns, not once, but twice. Super kicking him twice and so that was not a good night for roman reigns whatsoever and we knew roman reigns was going to be damn freaking pissed and we knew that even though this was going to be a celebration of his 1000 days that it wasn't going to feel like a celebration because he was clearly pissed at the events that occurred at night of champions so he's like yelling at jay uso and telling him you need to fix this kick your brother in the face kick your brother in the face and jay uso is not doing it Finally, Jimmy gets in his face and he tells him, you know what? And he's pretty proud. You can tell Jimmy Uso, he's pretty damn freaking proud of those super kicks. And he starts telling Roman, you're the one that needs fixing because I was a brother. I'm being a brother. You have not been a brother to us, Roman. He says a good brother uh, treats the other brothers with love and respect. And instead, Roman Reigns has been nothing but manipulating, uh, betraying them, and hurting them. And so during this, Jimmy starts to warn Solo Sokoa, saying, Roman Reigns is going to do the exact same thing to you. And then Solo Sokoa basically tells Roman Reigns, I respect you. You are my tribal chief, this and that. But these are my brothers. And he goes from stepping from the side of, from being right next to Roman Reigns to walking on over to the side of the Usos. And so in that moment where I'm thinking, holy shit, Solo Sokoa just left Roman Reigns. He made a very fast decision because it didn't take him that long. Uh, it was a very clear, fast decision that he made to side with his brothers, the Usos. And so I completely like was like, okay, Solo Sokoa is with the Usos now. Roman Reigns, is, is this is it. He's there. He's all alone. This is what a lot of us were expecting for him to be. And so then afterwards, we kind of see things kind of change a little bit where... 
Jimmy and with Jay, Jay's been the one that's trying to keep the peace a little bit more so. And he's trying to, you know, convince the both of them like, hey, man, we're a lot stronger together. We need to be the bloodline. Like, what's wrong with you guys? Like, we need to stop fighting. And so he kind of convinces, he convinces Jimmy Uso. And so then you have the Usos, specifically Jimmy, then telling Roman, you know what? Jay's right. We are stronger together. We are the bloodline. Come be with us, this and that. And we get these shots of Roman Reigns where he's kind of like, you know, doing this and he's thinking and he's rubbing his face and you can tell he's putting in some thought into this. And then he kind of looks like he's going to cry and he hugs Jay Uso, uh, Jimmy Uso, excuse me. He hugs Jimmy Uso. And this is the point where we were like, everybody knew Roman Reigns is about to basically, uh, he ain't being sincere in this hug like you knew he was not being sincere he's hugging he's hugging him and he's making these very exaggerated facial expressions like he's gonna cry and that's not the tribal chief that we know so the second that we started to see those fake alligator tears that's when i knew okay roman reigns is gonna turn so roman reigns takes the microphone and he says no, I am not going to return with the bloodline. And I'm thinking, oh, damn, like that's the swerve right there. But there was more. Instead, Sola Sokoa, who just minutes prior had sided with the Usos, instead, bam, Samoan spike onto uh, Jimmy. And that was like the big holy shit moment of the night because I think we all knew, again, that Roman Reigns was not being sincere. But I legitimately thought that Solo Sokoa was being sincere during this. So I was not expecting Solo Sokoa to do his brother's dirty like that. So that was the moment that I think was the most like exciting portion of the whole thing. And man, what can I say? I was a fan of this. I thought that it was good shit, pal. Like, the whole um when you make me think that something's not going to happen and that only one specific thing is going to happen that's what's exciting and it's interesting too because you start to think about like solo sokoa and why he feels this um like is he is he is solo sokoa brainwashed by roman reigns is he brainwashed by roman reigns to the point where like he's not going to go up against him or does he have bigger plans in store we can't really read a whole lot of Solo Sokoa. This is a man of few words. What is going to go down? Uh, so this was really good. Let's see what you, the people, are saying. We got a super chat here from Steven who says, Friday night's parties are back and the belt to sign itself is so tacky to me. Yes, I understand WWE wants the logo front and center, but it's a bit much. Well, I think they're going to have the logo front and center regardless. I think I've kind of gotten used to that at this point already. Uh, and I think for more so for me now, it's just like more about the colors and the designs like I was talking about with the designs of the W's and this and that. Uh, but I think we're kind of used to them putting the W's wwe logo uh front and center uh steven thank you so much for this uh for the super chat as well all right let's see what people are saying about this whole thing uh this is from tay who says oh come on you had to know solo is trolling us it's the same plot that jay did with sammy nah man i bought solo sokoa i legitimately bought solo sokoa that he was going to basically stick with the usos but see i like that though tay i like that i like that i wasn't necessarily expecting the turn from solo i was only expecting it from roman reigns not from him so that to me was um <laughs> was exciting uh cadillac carson also says you knew the solo thumb was coming and <laughs> 
Dan F says, as long as Riddle's out of the picture, I'm happy. I forgot he was kind of somewhat in the picture at one point. Uh, he's not the person that I mostly remember when you talk to me about the bloodline. And um, Joey Grella, in regards to the championship belt, says, I wish the, belt, the gold was more gold and not yellow. And Grande Hero says, Roman's hug was pretty much the mob kiss of death. Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying the ending excited me when Paul asked Roman about Jay Roman's response got me when he said Jay will fall in line at the end I was like dang will he Chris Ludeck sends in a super chat saying hey Denise my wrestling coach Pedro got the call for a tryout with AEW and maybe his manager hope you're doing well and he may be his manager wow chris good luck man uh that's freaking crazy uh and dude i wish you the very best of luck to you and your friend pedro um all right so kind of like carson says he can never trust anybody who has a thumb like solo ebony prince youtube member here says i knew something was going to happen and um xeno hour actually predicts that jay is the weak link jay was you know the one that you know, let's not forget his whole feud with Roman Reigns. Like that was something that was, um, you know, that's really where a lot of this really deep layered storytelling started was with Jay Uso. So let's take a quick look at Roman Reigns's uh, reign because I do want to make sure to talk about that because like we said, it's been, you know, over a thousand days. So I think it's important to kind of talk a little bit about uh, some of the highlights and feel free to share uh any of the moments that you thought were really the best when he came to Roman Reigns and or the matches or any of the matches that he had, what was the highlight for you in these 1,000 days? Um, <laughs> and sorry, I'm like dying at some of your guys' comments right now. So for me, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at the list right now because there's just so much that happened. And the Jey Uso stuff was really the stuff that, like I said, kind of started off a lot of the really layered storytelling where things got really intricate within the bloodline. And it really carried forth from like the end of 2020 all the way until now. So that's been kind of, um, that's been nice to see, to see how Jey Uso has gone from, you know, freaking doing this hell in a cell match with Roman Reigns to all of a sudden trying to be the peacekeeper. And I like this because, you know, in real life situations, when you are in any sort of drama and any sort of predicament, uh, things are not always black and white or black or white. Things are going to be mixed. Things are going to be different and people are going to react different to different things. Like we all got layers like an onion, like in Shrek. So <laughs> to me, the evolution of everything that they've done with the bloodline and everybody's role within the bloodline has been really nice to see uh, throughout this entire reign. Uh, somebody else that I do want to mention because early on Roman Reigns had a lot of matches with this guy and that is Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens, you know, during that freaking um, Kevin Owens, man, they did a little bit of everything. They did a TLC match, steel cage match, last man standing match. And uh, then they circles back to Kevin Owens later on again. But Kevin Owens for me was one of my favorite challengers to Roman Reigns because every single time that Kevin Owens was in a match with Roman Reigns, you knew you were going to get really good shit. Now, one of my favorite matches that we got, and he did a, he did a lot more with, Dan, with uh, Daniel Bryan, but one of my favorite Roman Reigns matches was that triple threat match at WrestleMania 38 when it was him and Edge and Daniel Bryan. That was um for that was that was for me 
And I, I've said this so many times, but I still remember thinking like, man, I can't believe Daniel Bryan felt so disconnected from that match because I thought he just did a really great job in that match. And when I think of like, quick matches that I remember right off the bat with Roman Reigns as champ. That's definitely one of the first ones that pops into my uh, pops into my mind from there. Uh, we of course saw, you know, him feed with Cesaro. Uh, that was something that we saw very briefly. They kind of heated up Cesaro for him, but then it didn't really end up going anywhere. But the only one that I would say that I didn't like was the match against Finn Balor at extreme rules. That was the only match that I didn't like because that was the day that I thought they kind of killed the demon a little bit. And I, I wasn't a fan of the way that they uh, had Finn Balor just falling off the, the freaking ropes and the way that they played out that match. I wasn't a fan of that. But um, of course, everything that he did with Sami Zayn was a huge highlight, like one of the first things that you think of with Roman Reigns. Uh, what he all his matches, all his like one zillion matches with Brock Lesnar and even the match with Logan Paul. I was not expecting Logan Paul and Roman Reigns to legitimately have a uh, match that I ended up putting in my top 10 for the year of 2022. I was not expecting that whatsoever. And so then, um, you know, the most recent one is, of course, Cody Rhodes, problematic, whatever, whatever side you're on with that. Uh, regardless, I think that when you look back at a lot of what Roman Reigns did in those 1000 days, uh, we just recapped a few of those. And within those, I'm like, remembering a lot of the stuff that I really enjoyed. So for the most part, I would say that it was, a, it's been a fun uh, 28 title defenses is what it is, according to uh, ITN. Uh, thank you so much to Ebony, Ebony Prince for sending in the super sticker. I appreciate this very, very much. And uh, all right, let's see what people are saying about um, some of their favorite matches, guys. Let me know which matches for you are something that really sticks out in regards to Roman Reigns' run or even just like storylines in general. Uh, we got Raphael Smith who says, my favorite match are Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus Logan Paul. Like I said, those are two that I feel you have to mention as well, especially the Logan Paul one because no one was really expecting that. Like Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, Roman Reigns, uh, Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. Like we all knew those were going to be good. Uh, I don't think everybody knew for sure that, hey, Roman Reigns, Logan Paul was going to be as good as it was. So kudos to Logan Paul, man, on that one, because I think that was the match where I was like, oh, shit, I'm a fan of Logan Paul in WWE. And I was like not expecting that at all. Uh, we got a couple more. This one's from Tay, who says Roman Reigns versus Edge at Money in the Bank 2021. Uh, Steven throws out Roman and Brock at SummerSlam when Brock busted out the tractor. That was cool. That was definitely one of those cool, like, WWE moments that you get every now and then and that fans definitely remember. Uh, Steven points out triple threat match on Raw with Lashley and Big E and um, Redbeard in Bluegrass points out Roman versus Jay and Roman versus Brian and Edge at WrestleMania. Uh, we got more Roman versus Logan Paul and uh, Kyle Anthony says Roman versus Seth and Roman versus Edge as well. Um, so we got some pretty good ones here from a lot of people of what they liked from Roman Reigns' reign. So obviously it's not over, clearly. Uh, so we're still going to get a little bit more and we're still going to continue to see this storyline with the bloodline on. And where we go from here is going to be interesting because you got Solo sticking with Roman. Will Solo eventually, will Solo eventually turn on Roman Reigns? 
We'll have to see. We will have to wait and see. Um, all right. So let's go ahead and press on with some of the other things that happened on SmackDown. And one of the other things that we really have to talk about um, is the money in the bank stuff. So we're getting qualifier matches and we got Lacey Evans versus Zelina Vega today. And Zelina is now officially the first woman to qualify for the women's money in the bank uh, match. And she defeated Lacey Evans in a pretty simple match. And I'm so glad that they went with Zelina Vega here for the win because Zelina Vega, uh, she's been having a really strong last couple of months, of course, with her match with Rhea Ripley at Backlash. That was really like the big moment for her. So I feel like putting her in this money in the bank was definitely rewarding. Lacey Evans, I mean, I, dude, copy and paste everything I've been saying about Lacey Evans the last couple of months. Fridge, maybe even a year at this point. Uh, they don't seem to know what to do with Lacey Evans and it shows and nothing is sticking so far. And so uh, I can't, like, I was not rooting for Lacey Evans at, at all in this. Like, it was clear it had to be Zelina Vega. Uh, Allie Knight and Montez Ford. Allie Knight qualifies for the Money in the Bank qualifier and he basically cheats to win, holds on to the ropes to keep the leverage on Montez Ford and he qualifies into the Money in the Bank qualifier. Now, we are going to have some more qualifier matches. They announced Butch versus Baron Corbin, and my pick here is Butch. Uh, Santos Escobar versus Mustafa Ali. My pick here is Santos Escobar. Meechin versus Bailey. I feel they can go either direction. In fact, I actually kind of want both of these women in this match. Oh, man, I'm a little bit like, damn, I want to see Meechin in this match because in the Money in the Bank match because she is so good at these types of matches and people don't know that yet. Like people know Bailey is good. People know Bailey's good. People know what to expect from Bailey. The WWE audience fully knows what to expect from Bailey. They don't know what to expect from Meechin just yet. So part of me is leaning towards Meechin, but I have a feeling it's going to be Bailey, but I really do want to see both of them in it. So I don't know, maybe they'll do like a, Sometimes they do like a second, like a, a loser's round with whoever lost might get like a second opportunity or something. We'll see. Uh, and Shotzi versus EO Sky, I think it definitely has to be EO Sky. Unfortunately, um, last year when Shotzi was in the Money in the Bank match, it wasn't a really good showcase for her. In fact, it, it, she ended up kind of getting a lot of heat from that match afterwards. Like, well, maybe not a lot of heat. Excuse me. Let me rephrase that backlash. She got a lot of backlash from that match from fans on social media because people were like, man, there were just too many botches with Shotzi in it. And that was like one of the things that kind of really hurt her. Like, I feel like the fans kind of didn't want to really give Shotzi a try because uh, it just she just didn't have a good performance at Money in the Bank. And so I don't know, either you put her in there and maybe she redeems herself or you put her in there and it's like, who knows if we get the same thing from last year? I don't know. But that was definitely something that I really remember um, in regards to Shotzi and, you know, her time in WWE. And, but I really do agree here with Scott George, who says that he hopes EO is the one that goes into the Money in the Bank. I agree because EO, uh, damn. EO's the kind of person you're going to want in this match because we're going to need some people that can go out there and do some really cool um, freaking uh, high spots and shit. Like, that's like, 
you know, part of the point of the money in the bank match. So I want to see some cool stuff in there. So I really hope that it is EO. We got a lot of people actually saying that they really want to see EO and Asuka. So that leads me to the Grayson Waller effect today on SmackDown. We um, had Grayson go out there and it's a show and he brings out Asuka who's the Raw Women's Champion and yes we still have the Raw Women's Champion on Smackdown and the Smackdown Women's Champion on Raw um <laughs> but it's funny because uh Grayson Waller's pretending that he knows everything Asuka is saying and he's actually selling it uh, I thought that was pretty enjoyable but EO Sky comes out and EO and Asuka just end up yelling at each other. And it's so funny because everybody, like a couple people on Twitter were like, Denise, can you translate? And I'm like, what? Guys, <laughs> what now? I can't translate. I can only translate the Spanish stuff. So I actually thought it was pretty damn hilarious that there were a couple of people expecting me to translate. Guys, I can only translate the Spanish stuff. Uh, I'm only bilingual. I wish I was trilingual and could do a couple more languages, but that's it, guys. Got one trick pony. It's only English and Spanish. That's all I can do. So sorry to everybody that I cannot um, translate for y'all here this time. But it was, it seemed pretty heated between EO Sky and Asuka. So uh, I think people, I mean, we ended up getting Bailey out there and Shotzi and Lacey, but, and Bianca even attacks Asuka from behind. But uh, I really do hope that we get to see EO Asuka. I think that's the match that people have been wanting to see even before Asuka became champion. People wanted to see that EO match. Uh, Call Me Crazy sends in a super chat saying Montez Ford got booed badly. Uh, LA Knight is over. Uh, he, it's so, it's so interesting to me. And yeah, he did get booed, by the way. And it's crazy because Montez Ford is a guy that is very much liked. It's not like if Montez Ford is not liked. This is a very popular guy. And he's also another guy that, you know, people have been wanting to see uh, really get a push as a singles competitor. So that was pretty surprising. Um I'm still like so so guys on LA Knight. You guys know that. I don't I don't get convinced that easily. I need a little bit more. Uh, but that's just me. Christopher Marino sends in a super chat saying, just want to give you a shout out for your Courtney Rush interview. It was so good. Oh, thank you so much, Christopher. Um, yeah, I only was I only had 20 minutes with her, but we ended up doing 20, 20, 22 minutes. And I feel that within those 22 minutes. We got so much in and she is just, that was the first time I ever interviewed her. And she is just, my God, her personality. I like loved her talking to her within like two seconds, even before we went on camera. The second we logged into StreamYard and we're talking off camera, I was completely just enamored with her personality. And if you guys watch the interview, you will know exactly what I'm talking about. And also uh, she's very liked because I can tell by the views on the actual video. She is one of the fastest uh, video interviews that I've got. One of the fastest viewed impact wrestling interviews that I had recently that wasn't Trinity. Uh, so that's a pretty, that, that basically told me a lot. Brandon Rosen sends in a super chat saying, man, what's with Grayson Waller? Both his segments haven't been good. Look, well, the, I remember the last thing he did with uh, when he had AJ Styles and the Grayson Waller effect. I actually did like that because they had that little tease with him there. This one, it really wasn't about him. It was about Asuka. It was about EO, and it was about the women, uh, you know, qualifying for the Money in the Bank briefcase. So I didn't think it was bad by any means at all. It just wasn't about Grayson Waller this time. It just wasn't about him. 
Uh, but I like Grayson Waller. Simeon says, Denise, you are a charisma translator. <laughs> oh, man. I'm just going to start predicting what people are saying. <laughs> oh, man. That's pretty good. Uh, all right. So let's see what we got here. And um, Matt Kensley says, it was kind of funny how the crowd was loving Asuka and Io speaking in a language most couldn't understand. But they went silent when Waller spoke. They should have had Waller wrestle so he can get over. Uh and well, yeah, I mean, at some point, they're definitely going to have to do that for sure. But I think one of his strong suits really is that he is he can get on your nerves very easily on mic. And that's a that's a compliment, by the way, like that's a compliment. Um, you know, Grayson Waller can easily get under people's skin. And I think that they kind of want to do that. Not they're not honing into it as much as they did on NXT but they're kind of easing him into that direction right now so far on SmackDown. Uh, but thank you so much to Matt Hensley. And he's a good wrestler, guys. Like, I'm a fan of Grayson Waller's in-ring work. And if you haven't seen him on NXT or you didn't watch, or maybe you just watched the premium live events, I don't know. I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised by Grayson Waller. I think he's pretty good. Um, all right, so we talked about all of that. And the last thing I want to talk about in regards to SmackDown was we did have a really fun match between Pretty Deadly and Austin Theory teaming up to take on the Brawling Brutes. Um, really liked them teaming up together, uh, Pretty Deadly and Austin Theory. I thought they did a really good job. And it was so funny because they were so polar opposite. It's like <laughs> you had... Let me, I'm going to wear this in the nicest way possible. You had feminine men versus very manly men, and it just meshed in so nicely. And I really liked it because they're so different. And uh, this was fun. This was very, very fun. Uh, they gave this match a whole lot of time. I love seeing the Brawling Brutes go in there and do their thing that they normally do. And we see Pretty Deadly use some trickery during this match. So Pretty Deadly hits the spilt milk on... Um, on freaking uh, Ridge Holland. And then afterwards, Austin Theory ends up actually being the one to get the pin over Ridge Holland. But this was fine. Uh, we had a nothing match between Hit Row and, oh, and the OC. Man, guys, it's just not. There have been very few hits for Hit Row. And I kind of feel bad because it's like, damn, I kind of feel bad for them on SmackDown because since they came back to WWE, there just hasn't been anything to get excited about. Nothing. And I, I feel bad. I, I was kind of hoping things went well for them, but they need to figure something out there, man, because this is not working. Uh, this is just really just there. So believe it or not, that was SmackDown, guys. That was pretty much it uh, of what actually occurred here on the show. But really, the top stuff was the Roman Reigns bloodline situation. So let's go ahead and uh, get into uh, Rampage. We've got a couple of matches to get into. And before I get into Rampage, I also want to say that uh, friendly reminder not only do I go live on Tuesdays for NXT, if you guys are not NXT fans, haven't given a try, or maybe just want to know what's going on, so you're like, so if someone says, hey, what do you think about NXT? You might have a little bit of an opinion, right? Uh, you can tune in on Tuesdays. Uh, I break down NXT and I make it so that if you don't watch NXT on a regular, you will still understand what's going on. And then Wednesdays, of course, I'm here for AEW Dynamite. That's my most popular show of the week. Friday, SmackDown and Rampage. Well, it's mainly SmackDown. Rampage, I'm only going to do Rampage 
when the card, when we have a card like what we had here today, if it's a throwaway rampage, I'm going live right after SmackDown. All right. I'm just going to be real with everybody. And then starting June 17th, I will be here on Saturdays to talk about AEW Collision on June 17th because a couple of people asked for it here. So for the premiere show of AEW Collision, I'm going to be doing something different. I'm going to be doing a watch along and a post show review. So I will be live for the first two hours doing a live watch along of Collision and and then the second portion of the video, I will be doing an actual uh, review and I'll be bringing Alex on for that. And so you'll kind of get best of both worlds. And we'll just do that just for the premiere show. Afterwards, it'll be a normal review show uh, moving forward. But a couple of people suggested it and I listened to the people. So there you go. Call me crazy sends in a super chat saying... Um, Io and Asuka, basically, we're calling each other idiots. Uh, Baka means idiot in Japanese. Io said she's going to take that title off of her, essentially. Thank you so much for uh, for letting me know, by the way, because I legitimately did not know. I don't speak a lick of Japanese, so I had no idea what was being said. Although, the way that it was being said, though, sounded pretty damn good. Uh, so thank you so much for uh, giving a little bit of insight here. Finally, someone returns the favor to me. Someone returns the favor of translating so that we know what the hell is going on. Uh, call me crazy. Thank you so much for the super chat. I appreciate it. And also uh, sending in the uh, the uh, the translation. That's very awesome of you. Um, all right. So let's get into Rampage. So real thoughts, guys. Real honest opinions here. Rampage has been a missable show for a while. Uh, I even stuck around covering it every week on here for a while. Like I passed my due date, man. Like I was drinking that milk when it wasn't even like good anymore. I was still drinking it, you know? And so I finally got to the point where I was like, I don't need to, you know, really stay up for Rampage anymore. I can watch it in the mornings and move forward with that. So, but then this Wednesday, this Wednesday, they were like, nah, we're going to give people a reason to tune in to Rampage. And they announced four big matches. Lee Moriarty versus Shibata for the Ring of Honor Pure title. Uh, Willow Nightingale defending her New Japan uh, Strong Women's Championship that she just won uh, against Emi Sakura. Then we also had uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defending his New Japan Pro Wrestling TV title against Action Andretti. And... Elijo del Vikingo defending his AAA Mega uh, Championship against Commander Andralistico. So, the second I saw that AAA Mega Championship match, I was like, oh shit. Yep, I'm about to tune into Rampage. And then I thought, well, maybe I could just watch the one match in the morning and skip everything else, right? But then, they announced all these other matches and I was like, oh shit, that actually looks pretty good. You know what? I'm going to tune into Rampage and make sure to talk about it here on the show today. And they delivered. This was definitely one of the strongest episodes of Rampage in a very, in a, in a while, guys. In a while. Because it got to the point where, like I said, I was just watching it in the mornings before Busted Open. Because I still have to watch it. And, but it wasn't like I wanted to stay up on a Friday night to check it out. So, hopefully, moving forward we get more cards like this for Rampage because uh, now once AEW Collision comes in, I think people are really just going to be making decisions. Either people are just going to watch Dynamite and Collision or just Dynamite or Dynamite, Rampage, and Collision. I don't know. I don't know people's schedules. Everybody's going to have a different uh, 
different schedule. So we opened up the night with the AAA mega title match. Elijo Del Vikingo defending against Commander and Dralistico. And this was literally what you wanted. I think the match ended at like 7-11. So it was Pacific Standard Time. Sorry, guys. So maybe like a 10-minute match, I think. And we didn't get like one commercial in there. So this was really quick, brief. Uh, I did wish we got a little bit more, more, more time here, but I think given, I think given how many matches they had, you can tell that you can tell that this one, first of all, had to, I don't know what the order was when they, you know, taped it, but you can tell that having this one here at the start of the show was definitely the best decision to go with. And they kept it really fast really enjoyable and basically what you got here was you know vikingo he's going all over the place doing all of these different spots he did that beautiful phoenix splash that he does from the outside second rope into back into the ring lord knows no idea how the hell he does that he's doing his hurricanes he's doing this and that um we have of course um dralistico at one point brings out a table during the commercial break. He sets up a table on the outside. So you just know Vikingo's going to do that spot. Uh, you pretty much were expecting it. Uh, Commander, you know, he does his springboard uh, tope. Uh, he does his hurricanrana. He does his uh, running of the ropes in slow motions to the outside. I mean, Commander's hitting his spots. Vikingo's hitting his spots, this and that. Uh, and then for the actual finish, we end up seeing Vikingo hit a 630 onto both guys onto the table. Vikingo ends up winning this match, retaining his championship. Uh, expected, totally cool, phenomenal ending, quick, nice match. I don't know what else to say. I was very happy with it. Um, and then afterwards, we ended up having one of the matches, my second favorite match of the night was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Action Andretti. Action Andretti, I have not seen this guy in one bad match so far, man. I have not seen him in one bad match. And he was such a clash of styles with Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr., of course, was taking him more to the mat where Action Andretti was more trying to, you know, hit his, uh, you know, get his spots in there and this and that. Uh, we saw Zack Sabre Jr. hitting, uh, excuse me, no, working the arm of Action Andretti. That was another thing that we got throughout this. And then the finish. I loved the finish. So Action Andretti's comes off the top rope and Zack Sabre Jr. traps him, locks him into a submission. I mean, the guy is literally like, you can't even see his limbs anymore. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s got both of his arms trapped. He's doing God knows what, wrapping his entire body all over uh, freaking Action Andretti. All you can see from Action Andretti is literally just his head popping out. And it was done. It was over. It was a phenomenal ending. Uh, a big fan of this match as well. So the first two matches, ooh, freaking knocked it out. And already with those first two matches, I was like, you know what? That's it. Rampage already really good here today. But then we got Willow Nightingale defending her New Japan Strong Women's Championship against Emi Sakura. And this was another one that I also really enjoyed. And the reason I enjoyed this one was because it was, how do I explain this? Fast and hard. <laughs> That's the best way to explain it. Um, both Willow and Emmy are, they have very similar, the way that they hit, the way that they lay things in on the match is very similar. Willow goes in there and she hits this very fast and hard cannonball. And I really love that. There was a moment where Emmy Sakura was like literally just slapping Willow and 
then Willow just gets her with a lariat right afterwards. That was really great. Uh, after the lariat, she hits the power bomb, gets the win on Emi Sakura, and very solid match. Good, strong win. I love to see the way that Willow is just moving up those ranks, especially now that she's got the strong championship. Uh, main events, Lee Moriarty versus Shibata for the Ring of Honor Pure title. This was another fun uh, match. All of these matches were all different from one another here today. We see Shibata um, retain. And then afterwards, we end up seeing Daniel Garcia come out and confront him. And so that was pretty much how the how the show ended with Daniel Garcia and Shibata kind of staring each other down. So I thought that was a nice way to kind of, you know, keep the continuation going. So that was really cool to see them circle back to that or rather get that going, excuse me. So big fan of Rampage tonight. Good stuff, man. <laughs> Rally's laughing at my fast and hard. Hey guys, that's the best way that I could explain it. Fast and hard. And you don't believe me. Go back and watch those matches. They're going to be like, holy shit, they were moving fast and hard. Uh, that's the best way to explain it. Um, all right. And yeah, so I'm glad. I, we got a couple of people uh, here saying, let's get some comments. Zeno Hour says that this was the best Rampage in ages. Uh, we got Raphael Smith saying hard hitter for both ladies. Uh, Simeon says when Pac is back, I'm going to need Pac versus Vikingo. Yeah, so Pac is almost back. Uh, Dave reported it today that he was uh, dealing with broken nose. Apparently, he got the broken nose out. On the first match of the freaking best of seven series with Death Triangle and the Elite. And I'm thinking, holy shit, he did all those other matches with a freaking broken nose? Cool. Okay. Uh can't wait to see when Pat comes back. He he's one of the he's one of my favorites. He's legitimately one of my favorites. And <laughs> um <laughs> and uh George says Daniel Garcia is a sports entertainer. No way he beats Shibata. I don't know. I don't know. Steven says, well, this post show went to a different level. It always does. All righty, everyone. There you go. That was SmackDown conversation. That was AW Rampage. Fast and hard here today. Got it to you. Got the information to you. We're done. I got to wake up early to do Busted Open. I got one more super chat to read, and then we're calling it a day. Uh, Furthausen sends it a super chat saying, haven't watched Rampage yet, but really like the Ring of Honor trios match with Vikingo, Commander, and Bandito. Uh, dude, all these guys, all these freaking guys freaking killing it also man uh, i know already spoke about this on wednesday but shout out to bandito once again for coming out as uh el chapulín colorado that was really fun to see uh damn that was cool for housing thank you so much for the super chat all right and actually i'm gonna read this comment here from Redbeard, who says to be honest, Rampage puts on hot cards kind of often, but it's a vicious cycle if people don't watch the hot cards. So they don't do them a lot. So because they don't watch, they don't do the hard, hot cards a ton. And that is from Redbeard Bluegrass. All right, everyone. Now that is it. A fast and hard post-show review. Alrighty, everyone. Thank you so much. I will be back here on Tuesday to talk about NXT. And for those of you who check out Busted Open, uh, check us out tomorrow, Sirius XM. I will be on with Tommy Dreamer. So please go show some that show some uh, some love and support because I'm new. I'm the new kid on the block. So uh, please head on over there and give some love. But until next time, I'll catch you back here for Speak Now Pro Wrestling. Bye, everybody.